Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Red Men Weekly, the weekly wrap-up show of our amazing Red Men Plus content here at Red Men HQ. Right then, yeah, if you ever listened to this show before, essentially we're going to bring you clips from our best Red Men Plus shows each and every week to give you guys a little taste of those. So yeah, let's let's crack on straight away then. Let's have a little clip from this week's transfer show. Did you watch England Club? Yeah, and it did it, it wet the appetite for Jude Bellingham because the, the story came from Ben Jacobs shortly after um, journalist, and he he basically tweeted out a picture of Jordan Henderson as well, didn't he? And said, you know, they celebrated like they were out, out of way, and but Bellingham and Henderson's friendship is great, and Liverpool will no doubt use that in their pursuit of Bellingham, and they've done more legwork than most, and they are the front runners alongside Real Madrid. So, yeah, it, like. If he's not signing for Liverpool, he's doing a lot of prick teasing on social media. He's, he's been busy, he's with Trent, he's been everywhere, he's been doing loads of vendors, and they've been everywhere, he's been talking to each other up. But the fact remains, forget all that, he is so good and he's playing so well that obviously there's going to be a ton of clubs in. But were you encouraged the fact, with the way of front runners from Ben Jacobs' report? Because I certainly was. I mean, yeah, it's, it's another report which makes me more excited, but ultimately that means more absolute heartbreak when it does not happen. <laughs> Think glass half full, Carl, glass half full. <laughs> I know, but I'm not too sure, like, if we don't get a sale in time, that FSG will spend as much money that we need to spend on Jude Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, every time I see him play, I, I want him more and more each time, and it's getting to a point where you feel like you can't want him anymore, and then you see him on your TV, and mm. you're like, yeah, absolutely, that but in red, please, and I'll be really happy. Yeah, he, he was, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's been one of the standouts of the World Cup. The, the point Chloe makes is that often, if, if we do, I know you run the social, so you'll see this. Anytime we put something out of Bellingham, it's 50 50, it's excitement, and there's lots yeah. of, well, FSG aren't going to spend that. They're not going to spend the money. They're not going to do this. My reverse would be why would they bother doing all of this legwork? Because there's clearly been tons. Forget about the social media stuff, whatever. Mm. We know for a fact it's been reported by numerous reputable outlets and putting the, the legwork in. They've had the conversations with Dortmund. They've probably had it with Bellingham's camp. All that kind of stuff. They know what the price is going to be. Yeah. Why would they be doing that if they're just not prepared? It's just, again, there'll be some people out there who go, oh, just spin. And they're just doing this to make themselves look good. And again, mm. I, I don't agree with that, but that, that'll be a theory that's out there. But... Mm. 
that's the thing to me with the cash or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're not stupid. They know what it's going to cost. It isn't like with Mbappe, they just had an inquiry, found out how much it would cost them. Like, nah. mm. They haven't done that with Bellingham. They know what the money's going to be and they've still continued, which again, does that give you a bit more confidence that this could be something that happens? Yeah, 100%, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, he's a, he's a wonderful talent and a player that Liverpool need to sign, in my opinion. But yeah, I think there's two schools of thought on the FSG angle to it because Chloe's point is a valid one in terms of why would FSG, looking to get out, why would they then reinvest a huge <laughs> Chunk of money, which would be 130 or 150 million, all told. But on the flip side of that, FSG bought the football club as a distressed asset and got it on the cheap because of that. So they know the value in keeping Liverpool's value high. And if you add Jude Bellingham to the mix, that only increases what they yep. might get in the end. So there is definitely an avenue where they go, oh yeah, it's okay. I know we're on our way out, but any new investors, any new money, there's Jude Bellingham. There's 10, 12 years worth of midfielder. So that just increases what they're going to get in the end game. It does. This is the thing, isn't it, Chloe? As well, is that there's no we don't know FSG have mentioned because the sale thing does get brought up a lot, and I think it's it's valid. It could take ages. Yeah. It could be years. No one could buy Liverpool. It could be a, it could be a small investment. From what we're told, although there's a lot of change happening, the the, the stories where it's business as usual. And I think Jürgen would insist upon that anyway. I don't think Jürgen would sit there and just let things float by because it could be years. Yeah. It, we don't want to be in a Mike Assey situation where he's de- he just doesn't want to spend any dough mm. because he knows he's selling it and what's the fucking point kind yeah. of thing. I don't, I don't sense, and I might be wrong, that, that that's happened. I don't think our manager would allow that to happen given the power he's got. With that being said, then it, again, the front runners thing from Ben Jacobs, the Real Madrid thing looks interesting. Honestly, and it, it, it might be complete fallacy, but... Do you take anything from the social media stuff? The fact that like Trent gets interviewed and he and he was like and he was like no we're just going out with me but he's doing it with a really cheeky grin yeah. like a knowing nod and a wink like Henderson doing the shaking hands emoji and the fire and I, like, do you take anything from are they dropping hints or are they breadcrumbs or is this just lads who are mates who like each other because I start I. At some point, it's it, I think Dan tweets out the um, the Jim Carrey. Oh come on, like yeah, yeah. like like yeah, stop it, stop it. <laughs> if, if this isn't true, then stop it. You're being mean. Yeah. So that, are you taking anything from it all? I'm trying not to because ultimately Jude Bellingham's the player that I want. And if it doesn't work out and they've just been busy mates and, and Trent and uh, Hendo have had absolutely no pull there, I'll be fuming with Liverpool Football Club, firstly, for not getting them. Yeah. But I'll also be fuming at the fact that you've set us up for failure as as, as fans of football. Um, it, it depends because you hear so much with transfers. I mean, I keep going back to Sal, who, who went to Chelsea instead of coming to us. And for months on end, maybe two months around, it was, he's coming, he's coming. He's defo. He's defo. A Liverpool player. He's a Liverpool player. He's a Liverpool. And then it was like, oh yeah, no, he's not. Flip Liverpool side on that though, Chloe was Liverpool all the way through. Was I know? Yeah, yeah. This was Liverpool were denying that, and all the local journalists were like, I don't. We don't know. A lot of that was coming from Spain and other sources. Yeah. There's no. There's radio silence. If anything, there's nods and winks about you, Bellingham. Neil Jones is sat here, and he, he he's got contacts, and we all know who Neil's contacts are. And he he literally said the words. Liverpool want you, Bellingham. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yeah. That's the difference. There's clearly they want him. I'm not sure they ever wanted Sal. Turns out he was fucking crap. They got, he got him removed of all that noise. He got him removed to Chelsea, didn't it? And it turned out, like you say, he was. It, he it was felt like yeah. an angel. I think it yeah, does yeah, feel yeah. low, Dan, doesn't it? Like we know they want it. They have to want him. Everyone wants him. Yeah. I've saw that again. There's loads of threads to pull on this story. The I think it was one of the directors from Dortmund speaking like, you know, he prefers Liverpool. Yep. As his, that, but that was his prefer. Like, I, of all the Premier League clubs I like, he was saying, I like, I like Liverpool, but we're not just going to give Jude Bellingham away. Like, we're not doing anyone favours here. Mm-hmm. The Real Madrid one, 
I, do, I think if he moves to the Premier League, I think he'll join Liverpool, is my guess. Yeah. Would you go along with that? I tend to agree with that. Yeah. But Real Madrid's the. That's the worst part of that tweet. The tweet is absolutely outstanding, and then you get to alongside. Real it's very Madrid, much Hodgson. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> that. Sure. That's the real kick in the teeth right at the end. And if it, if the character limit would have stopped just before that, I'd have been, I'd have been even lost. if it was a one or two, uh, you yeah, yeah. red two. Yeah, you the red two. Oh yeah, two could go. They need two, and I've seen all that. Um, that was the shame, like because they're, they're obviously, and we've seen it with Shua many as well. There's some like it's recent history, and, and Real Madrid down the years, how many times have they done this when they're in for a play? Real Madrid win the race don't they more yeah. often than that it's Real Madrid but I can say if he comes to the Premier League and something whether it's sort of wishful thinking on my behalf I think he's the sort of player that will want to come to the Premier League I think he'll want to come and do it because he's English he's obviously was at Birmingham as a youngster he's going to want to come and conquer the Premier League I'm certain of it I just hope he wants to do it now and then maybe 10, 12 years down the line that Real Madrid can come then perhaps Suppose, Claude, that he has been excellent. And I say, I can take England, leave it, whatever. I watched them last night, I did. Um, I watched both games last night, by the way, and the two standout players happened to be Kylian Mbappe, Drew <laughs> Bellingham, which yeah. is, yeah, dream on situation. If we are, I mean, if we are bought by Brazilianers, that, that, that's the dream fantasy. But it's, it's a, do- a double edged sword, this close, that everyone's seeing how good he is, and it might be wetting the appetite, but it's yeah. also, there are clubs you will just. You, I'm not saying they don't know Drew Bellingham because everyone knows who he is, of course, but is it nudging things up? Is it nudging the price up for Dortmund? Is there one extra club coming in going, we need to get him? Like, for example, PSG were linked very... Re- I think it was a, a French outlet that threw their name in the hat. Having a good World Cup will just elevate you. Not only does it elevate your price, it elevates your stand, standing in world football. And before... Real Madrid fans might be like, oh yeah, this lad from Germany looks all right. They watch him in the World Cup and they're like, fucking go and get him. Yeah. We saw this with James Rodriguez. I, I always reference back to that one. I said he, he, he had a fine career. Everyone knew James Rodriguez. He took the World Cup by storm for Colombia yeah. before you know he had the burn about. And it does feel like this is the type of tournament with the Real Madrid thinking Real Madrid wise here that can just get their fans to go, we want him. And more often than not, their fans are like spoiled kids. Yeah. You know, if they want someone, it's very, very rare. They, they don't get their own way. They tend to go and get it. That's the that's the flip side of him playing so, so well in this tournament because he has been fabulous. Yeah, no, I, I wish he was half playing crap, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> yeah, not getting a game. Yeah, make sure, like, make sure absolutely no one else is seeing what we see. Um, but I think everyone knew he was brilliant. I just think... I, I, I genuinely when I say this like Steven Gerrard won Liverpool Cups on his own it feels like Jude Bellingham could do that with England at the moment because he is England's best player at the moment um, and he's carrying them it, oh, when he picks up that ball his strength his power he's involved in nearly every goal um, and it, it's scary to think that this is a guy that we really want and we need mm. Um and yeah, you've got clubs who can just throw money around here, there and everywhere and big clubs with big names who sadly can beat Liverpool to the punch. At times I think that really reminds you of, I can't quite put my finger on it. At times yesterday, I was thinking he looked like Yaya Torre. Yeah. When he was just that. winning the ball back and just marauding past people. And then mm-hmm. the, the goal, the Harry Kane goal, when he delays the pass that extra second, because mm-hmm. anyone else would have just whacked it towards the phone. He takes one more man on and then plays it. I was starting to get Yaya, he's obviously not as physically imposing no. as Yaya, who, who was a different beast. But, beast yeah. And then I see bits of him and think, bloody hell, that's a bit Gerard esque. And that's a bit, like, I don't know what mm-hmm. he is, but what I do know is that it, it's really, really enticing. Mm-hmm. And I just, like you say, 
I can always take transfers. I can take it or leave it. It is what it is. You, if you miss out, like so many, I wanted Liverpool to sign. Yeah. I did, and I was like, oh, ah, okay, sound. That that is what yeah. it is. This is one that going back to Chloe's point earlier. This one would sting if it if it gets away. It feels like having not signed someone in the summer. They had their eye on. We knew they had their eye on Bellingham mm. to miss out now. It's, if you do want to spin it negatively, would be a massive, massive not only a PR blow, but just like mm. a blow to the football team who need this type of player in their team. There we go, some hot transfer chaff for you. Spoiler alert, there's a little bit more of that to come later in this show. But first of all, away from the transfers, what are the big stories of dominating Liverpool? Well, it is, of course, the ownership issues. David Lynch wrote a report earlier in the week about the Saudi-Qatari interest in Liverpool. And straight away, we got on the phone to talk to Dave because yet we wanted to know more about it. And we're going to share a little clip of that interview with you right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as the headline of it goes, you know, getting Qatari and 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 the Saudis in there with uh, Liverpool up for potentially up for sales, it, it doesn't get much bigger than that, to be perfectly honest. And just to, it taught me if you don't if you don't mind, just sort of where the where the oranges origins of this story come from. Yeah, so I mean, I I can't give away my sources. I'll say that much, but uh, yeah, um, I, for a couple of weeks, sort of been. Um, been working on this one, um, and and obviously we've known, haven't we, since the the club went up for sale that there was a there was a story to tell there, and the, the FSG are, are sounding out potential offers, and and, and want to hear more from from potential bidders, and um, yeah, it, this is just one of the you know, well I mentioned it in the piece, I suppose that one of many parties that have sort of expressed an interest early, but one I think that sort of is particularly interesting because of the the background in terms of the diplomatic ties, and also obviously the the huge wealth of those two states sort of comes into it as a factor, even though these are described as private investors. I think when you, when you hear Qatar and you hear Saudi Arabia, you think of, of big money. And I think that's, that's no different with this offer. You know, I would, you know, you've got to sound a note of caution in terms of it is still early in the process. You know, this is not a done deal yet. And I think there's, there's still some twists and turns to come and, and, and a lot of other interests and a lot of competition out there to get it. But, but yeah, as a, as a starting point to, to have this, this potential bid, um, you know, it, it's massive and, and could be a huge thing for Liverpool. Could really change things in terms of the ownership model as well. The, the diplomatic stuff, I think, is really interesting. Would you mind just expanding that on, on that for, for people? Because obviously, you make mention in the article um, about the, the the relationships between Saudi Arabia and Qatar have been, uh, well, you know, to say it's like they've been frosty. It's like to really undersell it. To be perfectly honest, you know, it's been there, there have been a, a, been a number of issues over the years uh, which seem to have resolved themselves. But would you mind just talking us through the sort of the, what what that's all about? Yeah, so around 2017, there was a you know complete end of diplomatic ties between Saudi Arabia and Qatar, and and a few other um, nations in that that part of the world were, were part of that as well. I believe Egypt and and Bahrain as well completely cut ties with Qatar, and it was because there was a suggestion at the time that that they had been sort of you know in, engaged in state sponsored terrorism. They've been uh, providing money to terrorist groups, um, Islamic terrorist groups, and, and, and quietly funding those groups. Uh, and that, that was the accusation that was leveled at them and, and sort of led to, yeah, a, com- a complete end of ties. And, um, you know, the, the, the aftermath of that, there were, there were, you know, 
it wasn't just sort of an end to trade and, and you know, that, that general frostiness that was there, but it was also one of the things that people would have heard about in the sporting context was that, that being sport wasn't allowed to be broadcast in, in Saudi Arabia. And that was a big part of a uh, big part of the sort of the argument that, that made it into the, the, the sporting sphere, I suppose. And, and then Saudi Arabia, suddenly there was this pirated version of being sports that was available in the country. And Qatar believed that Saudi Arabian government had, They've created that and, and that was all part of it. But fortunately, sort of in the last couple of years, um, things have sort of started to, to calm down a little bit. I think sort of moving towards this World Cup has, has strengthened ties as well. I think that has sort of warmed things is that knowing there was going to be a World Cup in the region, it was going to be in Qatar. I think it made sense to the Saudis to, to you know, thaw those relations a little bit. And um, and, that, and that process has started to happen. Um, and, and we're back in a position now where you, you saw the leaders of the two countries sat together at a World Cup game. Um, we've also... Um, you know, the, the being is, is now allowed to be broadcast in Saudi Arabia again, although there has been a, a little bit of an issue in this World Cup where an online platform run by being has been banned in Saudi. But I don't think that's a complete step back in relations. I think that's just a, a minor bump in the road. But yeah, relations are sort of back to, to normal now and, and uh, the, the two countries are getting on. And I think, you know, there's a possibility that if, if this bid for Liverpool does, does sort of make it through and uh, that, that this is seen as a sort of a, a really good way of showing that those those ties are strengthened because although these, like I say, are, are private investors, there's always strong links to the state and I think it will be easy for, for either state to shut down a deal like this if they felt that they didn't want Qatar and Saudi Arabia to be seen together or to be seen linked up uh, in any way on, on the global stage and, and Liverpool certainly represents that. I just want to um, just pick on a thread there because this, this being sport thing, that was one of the main things holding up the Saudi takeover of Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that that, that was a yeah, it was a major part of it, and 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 their, their inability to. I think you know, for all the talk about um, sort of the, the worries about New, Newcastle being run by the Saudi state, I think the being sport thing was actually arguably a bigger issue in the sense that the Premier League knew that the, the Premier League football couldn't be legally broadcast in that country with the situation with Qatar the way it was. Um, and then suddenly that situation resolved itself and and things changed. And then the Newcastle takeover went through and, and suddenly the Premier League were convinced that the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which is quite clearly state run, uh, wouldn't you know wouldn't have state involvement in Newcastle it was a bit funny the way that resolved itself and I think it said a lot more about the influence of the being sports situation rather than concerns over who was was running Newcastle at the time and and yeah it's that but that situation like I say is has resolved itself and 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 now you know the, the two countries are moving forward with normalized relations yeah um, and obviously in terms of you know you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times already the sort of the state links uh within these things I mean that that's I think that's where the, the a deep lack of understanding kind of comes from, you know, your, your average football fan. And look, and I count myself in that, to, to be perfectly honest, I'm no geopolitical expert when it comes to how states are run and how they spend their money. But when when we talk about private investment funds, when we talk about it in this country, for example, it does tend to mean just that. It tends to mean private enterprise, but it does seem to mean something slightly different when it comes to it comes to states like, like Qatar and, and Saudi Arabia. 
Yeah, they're just more generally more sort of intertwined with the state, and 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 that's the way it goes. It, I think I think the main difference to sort of point out is, and we, we don't know the full details. And I I will admit that you know the the full details aren't exactly clear to me in terms of who exactly these groups are because that is the way that these stories come out. This is the way it works. The, the people I speak speak to are very close to the situation, but they're you know it's not a situation where either party wants to sort of come out and announce who they are yet. I think a lot of that, by the way, is down to the fact that, you know, billionaires don't tend to want to be seen to to fail in, in these sort of situations. They don't want to see, you know, attach themselves to to bidding for a football club and then coming out and, and, and being beaten in that process and, and everyone knowing who they are. So I think, you know, you're not going to get exact clarity about who is involved in it, it, at the moment. But yeah, you would suggest that because of where the two, uh, the, the two groups of investors come from, that there will be some sort of ties to the state. Um, you, I think that there are varying degrees of it as well. You know, the Saudi public investment fund, for example, is, you know, at Newcastle is is quite clearly just a government vehicle for investing and, and spreading the Saudi name and, and, and making money, of course. Um, so I think that, you know, <clears throat> it is possible to have something that's completely different to that. Um, but we will just have to see. And that, you know, that will only come out of the shakeup really in terms of whether this bid does go further down the line. You'd imagine there'd have to be a lot more separation, I guess, if there's a, you know, because if you've already got Saudi owners within the Premier League with, because there'd have to be, I guess, almost like, you know, to use a bit of a daft analogy, but kind of when you're on your driving test, you have to make it very, very clear that you're looking at your mirrors uh, and you're, they would have to go to extreme lengths, I guess, probably more so to show that there is a real separation that the, the, the football clubs wouldn't be owned by the same group of people. Yeah, exactly. Because of the, <clears throat> the issues that causes in terms of, uh, yeah, you don't you don't want two clubs being owned by the same people uh, in the same league because of the the questions that throws up about the co- the competitiveness and, and whether one club would would you know let the other go for a certain player or anything like that. We don't want that situation. So, uh, you know, the conversations I've had is that th- there's a confidence within that that particular bid that. It would withstand scrutiny. Um, uh, you know the, the identity of the bidders and, and the whole package as, as a whole. They, they believe that you know, particularly given the way that Newcastle went through, that they think that this bid would, uh, you know, would, would withstand that scrutiny and would get passed by the FA. Yeah, the ownership issues around Liverpool Football Club and are they buying? Are they selling? Is it partial investments? All that stuff is going to run and run and run. But anytime there's any updates, we'll have you covered at Redmen. Right then, moving away from current affairs at Liverpool, let's take a little trip back in time. Earlier this week, Dave Kirby, author, came in. He's wrote the book, Those Were the Days, My Friend, focusing on Liverpool's the culture and what it was like being a Liverpool fan in the early 70s. So, yeah, check out a clip from this interview. This is Dave Kirby's Liverpool Library. What was the sort of instigating factor for this? Because, you know, you've been sat on that story for a long time. It could have come out at any point, I guess. Yeah, it was me. What it was, it was in the Jordan lockdown when uh, we played West Brom and Alisson scored that header. I was in the, the Boozer in Kirby, where I usually go, and uh, it was rammed. You know, we were all in there watching it. And I can imagine the celebration. Two metres apart, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. one of my uh, non curtains <laughs> shot and all that. But, uh, but anyway, we, it was bouncing in there, no, after it. We were on there, all, everyone was singing the songs and that. And it was these two young kids. Uh, I've seen them before, Jay and Lewis, good lads and all, young reds. They're only about, like, 19, 20. And uh, they started, later on, they started singing a Bertie Me. Bertie Me, said to Bill Shankly. So anyway, uh, I asked them did they, uh, did they know, you know, the, the origins of the song and all that. 
And uh, I said, you know, Bertie Me was. <laughs> and Jay said, uh, he said, was he Bill Shankly's mate? He, th- he thought he was Bill Shankly's mate. So <laughs> I started laughing and I sell him the origins of the song because, like, that, originally that was a proper boot boy song. You know, what, what we used to do, you know, we used to sing that. And at the end, you know, nah, 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 and do the, the boot walk into the away fans, you know, mainly in the Anfield Road, you get behind the away fans into the boot walk into them, which is like probably the, the Torres bounce. Yes. You know, that's how you'd remember it. So um, I was explaining all this and they were fascinated and that, you know, so I was telling them a few more stories from the early 70s and that. And, uh, you know, and I realised then that, you know, how, how sort of relevant these stories are because, you know, we're not getting any younger or my generation and, and like once we're all gone, they're gone forever. So that was like the uh, the initial spark for the book, I thought. So, oh. And then obviously the, the 74 Cup journey, uh, there was so many characters and a good few mates of mine, uh, some who no, no longer here. So I thought I needed sort of like a timeline to do it. I didn't just want to pick sporadic games. Yeah. I wanted to do a story and begin a middle end. So, uh, you know, that's that's where I started because it took me my old scarf from 74 to Wembley when we played Chelsea. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of memories when I, you know, as you get older, watching Liverpool FC, you know, and you lose people and all that, and it gets more emotional and spiritual and everything. So I, uh, I took my scarf to Wembley and I just sat outside Wembley remembering this particular journey. So I wanted to document that journey, but... I didn't know, there's little uh, offsprings off it, you know, describing other things that were going on around that time. So it was mainly like a, a generation thing, you know, I realised, as I say, how much the, uh, the old stories are important. You've got the scarf? Yeah, I've still got the scarf. Do you want to get it? Because yeah. it's, it's mad, because this is the one, th- I think, everyone, you say, like, you say a Liverpool scarf, everyone's got a vision in their head of what a Liverpool scarf is. <laughs> and like, this is so far much an artefact before my time. Yeah, yeah. That like, they just, they literally don't make them like that anymore. No, no. That it, was and what it was as well. And it, you know, it was totally tribal around that time. Everyone was trouble everywhere we went. So you can see the retailers were cashing in on it. You know, yeah. Scouse Power, and you can see the fists at the end, like that. With you know, cop rule, okay. You know what I mean, so that was like a, a to have a silky then was a, it was a thing. And to rob a silky off an away fan, you know, that was like a or a scarf off an away fan. That yeah. was a big thing back then. It's it's and that's the thing that really strikes me about it. And what I think is so fascinating because it's such a it's such a sort of period piece. Yeah. Um, like Tony Evans has done some great stuff on the eighties, and yourself and Nicky Alt have, have really done a good job of capturing various slices of like sort of Liverpool history or whatever from that sort of that sort of fan experience. But I've never really seen or heard that much from the seventies at all. So it was interesting because you kind of talk about it and you like you talk about the fashion. It's not like you said to me. It's not heavy on the fashion. It's not like it's not. It's not. It's not too heavy in, in in any of the stuff, really. But it's mm. when I think of like Liverpool lads going away and going to, to games. In my head, it's all sambas and, and trackies and all that. This is like a the the, the the era before that. It's it's almost like a it's like a different Liverpool. This is before Liverpool were the all conquering force in Europe. Yeah, it's a different. It's a, almost a different Liverpool football club. Absolutely. I mean, and that's why. You know, I've, I've, I've often said, you know, because I, I was there before the, the, all the European success and all that, and this is the time before that. This is when we used to go on the specials and everyone wore Fleming's, Fleming's jeans, and there was only one shop in, in, in Walton. And everyone had Flemings and airwear boots. You know that was the that was the, the dress then. You know the early seventies. And no... just to clarify on airwear, because I had to remind myself of this, and as soon as I read it, I went, "Oh my God, yeah, that's what we used to call them too as kids." But Doc Martens is it? Yeah. Is it with? And again, it's just yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's it mad the the fashion being completely different to what would come ten years on. That's right, yeah, because like the Manx and all that, they used to call them Docs or DMs. 
but the, the scouts word was there where, and we all had them, you know what I mean? And so that was the, the there was no like, uh, there was no like designer stuff then going on. Like you had like maybe a Ben Sherman shirt with a pleat on the back and uh, and Fleming jeans, but like all, all the samba and stuff and the, the that happened around 70, late 77, 78. So this is all pre that. And no one's ever done the, the, the Boot Boy book. I, and I, this isn't a proper Boot Boy book, although I do, I do really touch on some of the aggro that was going on. But I mean, the, the proper Boot Boy stuff, uh, I, know, I know all the lads who, they're all about 70 now. And that, that, that book's never been done. You know, like from how it all started up to like, uh, up to the Samba days. And just for people who wouldn't be familiar with the, the term, like the boot boys, what's that? Who's that referred to? The boot boys is like the, you know the uh, the skinheads, you know, like the, the they weren't shaving heads, but we all had long hair then. But the boot boys was just there, uh, basically like when you were watching Liverpool, you, you go with hundreds of lads, and you know you don't we'd all have the boots on, and you'd all be up for a fight because that's the way it was. Yeah, you know it's simple. You know I know really nice passive lads who got involved with it because you couldn't if you didn't if you got if you got say you were going. It's like 700 of us on a special. If, uh, if you got offered, at, say, Leeds, and you, you moved away from that 700, you get absolutely booted to bits. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, so like, yeah, you, you all had to get stuck in. But the boot boys, yeah, it was like, a, a, it was just a, a word for, like, the uh, the trouble and, and the, 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 the hooligans, really. But, but we, you know, I'd say, no, I've heard that hooligan thing. And it, it sort of labels you, but, like, as I say, I know good lads. My, my eldest brother, Amich, he used to get stuck in. He's a cracking fella. My youngest brother, he, gets, he used to get stuck in. And they're, they're just, well, he's a teacher, you know. Do you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Everyone has to have a go with them. And when you get off, it was, but there, was not, there was like an excitement about it, though, Paul, I must admit, for a young lad. Well, you talk about the sort of culture around it, because I, I think that's what's really interesting, because it makes me, makes me really uncomfortable reading any of the hooligan kind of stuff, because mm. I'm... Raised in the post Hillsborough, you know, era where scousers and all that are so so labelled. But what I think is interesting about it is you contextualise it because you're talking about growing up basically without a pot to piss in, and you've got mm. that culture of of like danger and, and lads getting into scraps existed on the street in your day-to-day lives. Yeah. And so it was a natural thing almost for it to kind of carry on carry on into the football from there. Yeah, yeah. I've said that because I grew up in Kirby and Kirby in the 70s, early 70s, there was gangs everywhere. You couldn't even go to the shop. I used to go for my dad's paper and, you know, you'd have to dodge little gangs and that in your own area. It was just, uh, that, that, it was totally tribal, the whole city, and gangs everywhere. But at the match, you know, it was like a truce. You know, you're all joined together. It was, it was a strange kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, so I was, I was that used to. Like they had mounted police in Kirby for uh, a couple of months in 1974 to stop the gang fighting. There was that, there was that many in Kirby. So I, I was that used to like, uh, you know, gangs and fighting and stuff like that in my environment. That when you went to the match, it was just normal, you know, to me, you yeah. know, because I was sort of getting brought up in that culture. Well, it's the it's the it's like the bubble, isn't it? You know, you're, you're right when you when you're surrounded by a bunch of lads and you're all into the same things. That's your world, isn't it? And that's yeah. the thing that, that that got kind of mistaken or gets sneered at a little bit because the people who who have made judgments of and they still do it now for football fans, you know, in general. It's you know, again, you must find it quite hilarious when you see football fans today being judged in the similar way that they were in the seventies and eighties, when it's night and day how football fans conduct themselves, I guess, of, of footy. But people don't. If you're not in it, it must be hard for people to appreciate 
how you how you end up in those situations. Some fascinating insight there from Dave. And yeah, his book, Those Were the Days, my friend, is out now if you're looking to get yourself or someone else a gift to learn what it was like being a Liverpool supporter in the 70s, which, having read it and having listened to Dave, was a lot different than it is today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Right then, going back to current affairs. I'll give a little teaser about this earlier, but yeah, Jano Inside Time, me and Neil Jones talking about a certain Mr. Jude Bellingham and all the links around Liverpool and Jude and reports from Jeremy and all that stuff. Yeah, me and Neil had a good old chat about hopefully a guy who might potentially, fingers crossed, be signing for Liverpool very, very soon. Check this out. Hmm. We're going to talk about Jude Bellingham because why wouldn't we be? To everyone wants on it. To be honest, it's the hot name and there's been a lot of reports in the last... 48 hours. So most of these are coming out of Germany, in fact, pretty yeah. much all of them. So we saw Christian Falk, obviously, from Sport Build, say Liverpool the favours to sign Jude Bellingham from Bayern Munich next summer. They're more advanced. Dortmund. To, was it, oh, sorry, oh, Dortmund, apologies. Liverpool are favours to sign Jude Bellingham from at BVB, Dortmund next summer. Talks are more advanced than with Real Madrid. The family of Bellingham prefers him to go to Liverpool. Uh, moving on, he also says the management of Jude Bellingham have informed Real Madrid that. Liverpool's actually leading the race for the transfer of Bellingham this summer. That's the starting point for this one. I think he also went and spoke to the lads at the Anfield Rap. We've done an interview with, with John Gibbons, our mates over there. And it basically, you know, um, his dad and his mum and his agents are all keen on getting him a move to Liverpool. And then there was reports this morning that he, Bellingham was pretty much going to go to, to uh, yeah, Dortmund. After, after the World Cup, he said, yeah, I, I do want this move now. There's a lot of smoke now. Like you saw, about no smoke without fire. The smoke is bellowing out of, yeah, of all it from I'm Germany. Jordan Henderson for all of this. I think with that, that the celebration. celebration and then the uh, obviously the reaction to. I mean, they fair play. I think he, he has to get a finder's fee, won't he? I think Jordan <laughs> and Trent they, they've been they've been doing a pretty good man marking job. I think it's all very positive. That's the, the first thing to say. I, I don't think there's anything out of the Liverpool end at this moment, and understandably so. I mean, they've I, they're not going to go and sort of shouted from the rooftops we've seen it happen in the past with other players where they've gone a bit early and it's cost them um, financially and the player yes <laughs> yeah um, the, the, the I think the positive stuff out of it all really is the the, the the fact that the family or the the people around Jude Bellingham see Liverpool as the sort of the best option I thought I, it was, I think it's been the thing that a lot of people have clung to really a little bit like Van Dijk you know that that sort of Liverpool probably Heart, probably shouldn't have got Van Dijk when they did. You know, he, they, he, they were probably down the list of the, the ideal clubs for him at that moment in time. You know, if he'd gone to City, you know, guaranteed sort of Premier League trophies and that kind of thing. But I think he he was sort of sold on the story and the dream and the you know the the sort of history and the, the feel of the club. I think um, and the manager and the, the hope is that Bellingham's the same. You know, he's he's got his pick of of, of whichever clubs he wants to go to. Let's let's be honest. If he, if he if he turns around tomorrow and says, no, I, I want to go to Man City, no one would bat an eyelid and say, 
what are you doing? You know, he, that 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 tip to him. If he did the same at Real Madrid, he could. The hope has always been that Liverpool's pitch is, is the most convincing, and then that they've got the money to to execute it. Let's hope they have. Let's hope they have. I mean, that's, it is. A, it's going to be a huge price. We knew it was going to be a huge price, and it's going to be hundred million plus. Clearly, it's only gone up with what he's done in the World Cup. I haven't personally seen the performances because I haven't watched any of the England games, but I, I can see the fuss around him. You can see what everyone's saying about him. You can see what very good judges of, of players are, are saying that he's basically he's going to become one of the best midfielders in the world. I think I saw uh, was it Phil Foden. He said, he said, I don't want to talk him up, but he's going to be the best player in the world. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what, if that isn't talking. Yeah, yeah. I'd, like to, I'd like to hear no. Phil Thornton's no. praise of somebody <laughs> then. Yeah. I don't think you do, I don't want to say too much, but oh my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I've seen some people tweeting that saying, like, I'm not getting carried away. What, Jude Bellingham's like, going to win the Ballon d'Or in the Premier League? But he's obviously enhanced his reputation. He's 19 years of age, absolute star, already going to be even better. So the fingers crossed, it looks it looks a lot more positive for Liverpool, I think. And I, I, I know it's it's tough, tough reading into stuff. But you, and you see Jordan Henderson with his forehead on him, and, and then <laughs> recreating it with Trent, and that sort of the clearly there's clearly a bond emerged there, hasn't it? Between well, I don't even see it emerge. I think it was already there. I think there was a great was it a great clip of Jordan Jordan the Euros sort of fixing his, his tie and his collar with when he was doing the club <laughs> suit, the the team suit. There was a picture of Bellingham on the phone with Trent and Hendo. Yeah, that's in, the, in the tunnel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it just feels like I don't. Trent going for a walk with him, wasn't it? Down by the down oh, by the, the the waterfront and sort of everyone like reading into that, but. They're not they're not soft. These players, they know what's being said. And well, especially if you post it on social, yeah. you know, you know. If you go for a walk with your mate, that's one thing. Put it on the social, you know, yeah. you know what's going to happen. Yeah, and also like you know, you would imagine that Bellingham would be in a position where he's, oh, mate, don't don't like you know, like come on, I, I can't be bothered with this sort of furor around it, or even even Trent and Jordan. But they obviously they obviously like it. They obviously enjoy it, and maybe that bodes well for the deal as well. They they think well, yeah, we're, we're in we're in here. You know, <laughs> I hope so. I mean. I can't wait to see him in the Premier League full stop, but if he comes to Anfield and become a, a player for Liverpool, it's just it really is one of those signings that just gets the gets the pulse racing, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's an absolute superstar. I suppose the the fact that these reports are coming from you know pretty high, highly reputable sources in Germany, mm. so with, with all due respect to other sources we've used, and I'm not going to put names in anyone's mouths here, but we've spoken on, on here some stories, and you're like, I'm not too sure about that one, but these are coming from Sky Germany and yeah. Bill. Like, yeah. they, they, these aren't just lads making shit up because they don't really need to because they're, they're reputable sources. It is, oh, and it's and it's not really saying, you know. It's not a shock news, almost, is it? You know, I think we've it's been signposted from a while back that Liverpool are in the race. Obviously, the the, the question has always been about the finances and a little bit. I, th- I I always thought Real Madrid was the one that you sort of with the worries, if you, if you want to call it. Yeah. I still are, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. City are in there, of course. I think Real Madrid are the ones that you sort of think hmm, they're, they're a little bit Liverpool where they can the the, the sort of the, the white kit and the sort of the, the law and all that is 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 huge for players. Come and play with Camavinga, Shuamani, yeah. Valverde, and you, and you you become like the new yeah. Man, did, oh, of course, you know, just stars. I mean, listen, we've all well, I definitely have. I've done the burn about tour, and you walk around and look at the trophy cabinet and think, blimey, you know, like you sort of okay, that's a serious club, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's always been the worry, but I think it has always been sort of thought and known that Liverpool are really really. Desperate and pushing and wanting to get it done. Um, hopefully, the, the the hard work and the groundwork comes and, and comes to fruition. It's where it, I'm always interested in from like obviously a journalistic point of view. Like these stories, like 
the fact that it's in Germany and it's two a two reputable sources, like who's benefiting from this? You know, I mean? like there's always there's always reason things come out. I always feel like there's, is, yeah. there's always a reason why our story is leaked now. Like, is it you know say we the, the line that both of these outlets have used is you know Real Madrid have been informed that Liverpool are actually leading the race. Is that a way for somebody trying to kick Real Madrid up the backside and say you want to get your act into gear? Or because it, again, the I, I, I'm always quite sceptical and maybe I'm just a cynic in life. But like things very rarely come. There's always a, a justification behind something coming out, whether it's just someone likes having a chat and that's yeah. one thing. But yeah. flip side is for now when, when everyone knows the hype about Jude Bellingham and he's like the you know you talk about stars of the World Cup and it, he's one of them with you know you're Mbappe and Bellingham they're going all these lads. It feels like there's a, there's a reason why it's all coming out now, and I just wonder if it is a case of just like, again, hope I hope I'm wrong, but like, is it whipping up interest? Is it whipping up other other, yeah. other teams to get your arses into gear? Basically, I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I, I can't imagine that anyone's been sitting on their hands with Bellingham. Yeah. You know, in terms of in, in terms of, I think it's it's well known again. He's going to leave next summer. Liverpool clearly, I mean, Jurgen said it himself, and he couldn't get him this the summer just gone. They, the only problem with the player is that he wasn't available in the summer. So tells you that the question's been being asked for for months by Liverpool. I'm sure the same goes for City, Chelsea, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Paris Saint Germain. I think there was a was a their their chairman was on the on Sky, wasn't he? Talking about, <laughs> talking about good he is. Talking about, talking We're not gonna buy anyone in January, but he's bossing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um so I don't think anyone's been sitting on their hands in, in that regards, but I don't know. It is interesting to know where, like, sort of, is it is it Dortmund sort of just sort of preparing the the ground that look, you know, we can't. Yeah, we're getting ready. We're getting, yeah, 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 we're getting yeah. ready to, to, for the for the, the inevitable, you know. So hey, the I fans, like, letting the fans know, kind of thing in advance. Yeah, yeah and yeah. possibly, you know, maybe there's maybe there is a little, yeah, a little bit of that, like, and also a little bit of the, you know, look, he wants to go to Liverpool, like, sort of. It's not as bad as it as it as it. Might be, you know, he's not going to Bayern, so like, you know, it's, it's all right. He's going to Klopp, and he's going, you know, he wants his family want it and all that, and the sort of the narrative of oh, he always wants to go back to the Premier League. You no, know, he's an English player. He wants to do that. So I, there's possibilities there. There's poss. Listen, stories come from absolutely everywhere. You know, you you you'd be amazed where story. A lot of times, stories come from places you'd never even imagine in terms of a transfer or a, you know a, something like that. So. I'm not gonna not don't need to speculate too much about where it, where it might come from, but I do think that the the sort of the reputable nature of the 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 reporters or the reporting yeah. gives a lot of encouragement and hope to Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. You, you are right in saying you made a great point for like Liverpool are keeping their cards close to the chest because they have been burned yeah. before. You know, we, we reference Virgil van Dijk jokingly, but literally that happened, and they, they literally had to put a statement on the website, apologise to Southampton. Step back, and it's it, they had to wait five, six months yeah. to get, and probably had to pay maybe a little bit more money than when they go into the. So this has happened before, so it does feel like, like I say, the general trend recently of, of transfers more often than has been like it's it's been from the other, the country where the, where the player is mm. based, and then because Liverpool are keeping things close, which is the right way to do it. By yeah, the way, yeah. I think that is how they should be doing it. it yeah, I, I'm just fascinated now. Like, if it is next summer, that's a lot. It's early. It's early for a start. It's really early for this to be going on now. Like, I know we are just about to get through a transfer window, but. It's a one that I'm almost certain Dortmund won't let you Bellingham go in January. I might be wrong, and it might, it, but yeah, I don't think but it, I mean, as it stands, Dortmund are sixth in the in the Bundesliga, and they're only what two points off fourth Champions League football. So, that, why would they sell one of their best players now? And, what, and, and from Bellingham's point of view as well, I think he's got a lot of a lot of sort of respect for Dortmund. I don't think yeah. I don't I don't see him sort of 
Cheers, a lot of goodwill cup. Cheers, lads. You know, I, I yeah. think I think he'd want to leave on a on a sort of a better term. Might want another shirt retired, and no one, no club has number twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he exactly that. I don't think I don't think it would. But it's such a big deal. It's such a big sort of sign. And obviously, Liverpool have got other issues going on at the moment that are bubbling away. I, I, it would be nice if they could sort of just tell us nice and early that they're getting this done. I think it would take a lot of. You know, injured, a, a lot of a lot of heat out of a, out of a few conversations that are going on around the club at the moment, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it develops. But I'm sure we haven't heard the last of Jude Bellingham Liverpool. Hopefully, you know we we, uh, we have heard the last of Jude Bellingham anywhere else. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just to find, we'll circle back on the laptop you put you made earlier. I want to put push on it. You mentioned the most encouraging part for you was the fact that it's his family and his agents mm. who are like how significant is that for a player really because. And how much influence do you think that that has on? I know he's only a young lad, but essentially he's a grown man. He can make, he can make his own decisions. But there must be a reason. Like, does that just show, like maybe how well Liverpool have thought of elsewhere? Maybe Liverpool have gone about this process in like a quite classy manner. Because listen, it's all, I know transfers can be a bit cloak and daggers and sometimes and a bit shady. But it feels like that when you say that's significant. Why why do you say that? Well, because there's a common perception that you go where, you go where the money is and you go where the trophies are, don't you? And and. I'm not saying that that's not where, Liverpool, where it is at Liverpool, but there seems to be a few clubs, and Liverpool are one. I think Barcelona are one. I think Manchester United are one, and and, and Real Madrid, where there's something else as well. It, it's it's you have to be careful how you put it, but you can. It's a bit like the Klopp quote about pushing the train rather than jumping on the train when it's when it's running. You know, if it it feels a little bit more like no you. You go to Liverpool because you you sort of you want to be part of something. You want to you want to you know. You're not jumping on You want to be treated. You want to be treated differently. You want to feel a bit different. You know. Listen, there's a famous slogan that gets with rival fans about this means more. And you know, it's obviously just a marketing token, but there is an element of it with Liverpool where it feels like no, like you know, almost one league title compared to three of City is almost it almost feels like it, you know it, it it means as much to to these fans or it, it means as much to the club you know just to to be part of those you, know, you look you see them European nights you see the you know the, the the incredible sort of moments that the clubs had down the years I, I think it, I think it does resonate with certain players not everyone you know some some say well no look look you, you know you, you might not qualify for the Champions League you know you know, you might be on the decline you know whatever you've got my players leaving you know Mo Salah's in his 30s blah 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 new owners yeah yeah you know, there, might, there might be but, but if if someone like Bellingham and his people who are from what I gather are very very savvy and very smart as we've seen by the fact that they, they could have gone to United when he was 16 they went to Dortmund because they felt like no it was a pathway and they've got a bit of a plan for the player if someone like that are saying no no we, we believe in this project whatever it is with Liverpool it reflects well on the club because there's a lot of uncertainty around the club at the moment with the ownership, with you know, with people leaving key roles, with aging squad and gaps in the in the in the the team and that kind of thing. Performances. If someone like that is given you know a show of faith and saying no, no, go ahead, yeah, we can we can go and win major honours. I want I I can be the main man at Liverpool. I can you know I can pick them over Real Madrid and Man City. It's a it's a really good reflection on the club, the way it's been run, and the manager. Is the is the a piece of this Neil? Where like just because there's no footy on, like it's easier for these conversations to be happening. Like you know, it might happen, but like 
Dortmund, what else would Dortmund do? They're not like worrying about I've got a game or Liverpool have got games to be playing. It feels like, well, why wouldn't you be having these conversations? So there'll be people around Europe now having conversations. I know that they happen all the time, but surely there might be a bit more clarity around it where you're not pressed into doing five other different things as well because like the lads have got a game and stuff. Yeah. Whether, whether it's Jürgen or just someone getting on the phone or whatever it is. Well, I mean, it's, it's relatively straightforward. I know it's a, it's a very big deal, but it's relatively straightforward, isn't it? Look, Dortmund are pretty much resigned to sell and what are they going to sell for what's the price okay can we afford it yeah there we go right the player wants this amount of money okay does he but does he want to play for us and, that, and they're, they're the questions that need answered and nothing else really it's, I don't think there's any any real thing of oh where are we going to fit him in or, or <laughs> that kind of thing it's like yeah he's going to go and play and he's going to be our one of our star men so the, the, the question is I suppose the, the 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 complexity comes in is the financial side. Okay, what's the what, what's the price? The the end price that Dortmund are going to sell for? When are they willing to to give us that? You know, are they, are they, Dortmund Dortmund aren't soft. They wouldn't be. They would be stupid to have named their price in November or in October because they knew that this World Cup was on the horizon. They knew that he was going to play for England. He was going to be part of the squad. There was a fair chance he was going to do something pretty good at the tournament which he has so the price is obviously going to be on the on the rise so there the, that's where the conversation comes I think after the World Cup is when the player sort of says look yeah last six months you know of, of, of my time I, don't, I want to go next summer Dortmund say right you've done that at the World Cup this is what we value you're at who's there who's going to pay it and if Liverpool are there then then I'm sure it'll move forward from there. Yeah, to wrap this one up, then one final one for you is this: this is where a lot of cynics. And we obviously, for every for every positive, there's always a cynic. Stuff. I don't really want to end on a bad note, but I'm, I'm going to hopefully turn this into a positive. Yeah. That they always want is yeah, but they just they're not going to. They've never paid that amount of money for. They're not going to do it again. My my rebuttal has been, and hopefully you agree with me. You might not. Is like like. They wouldn't be doing all they know the price. They're not idiots. The Liverpool don't think they're getting Jude Bellingham for a bargain. Yeah, yeah. They know that they're gonna have to like, same with Virgil van Dijk, they knew they were, it was gonna cost though. And it, listen, it cost probably a little bit more because of some of the stuff they did, but it, it feels like it'd be just like a complete waste of everyone's time to just go through all this process and, and like a year or, or whatever it's done to talk to people and get the ground and then just not to pay the price. Yeah. Like I, I understand that the, again the price might be changing because he's got um, Dortmund have got every right to do that as well. But again, that that's the that's the positive for me is that like I just don't think he'd be doing all this work that we're pretty certain they've done if it was just could they know how much it's going to cost anyway yeah and I also think that there would be some dampening from Liverpool if if there was a doubt that they were going to you want to make James Pearson have a tweet out yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, well, oh, yeah, well, exactly. yeah I mean I think there would you know it would be in Liverpool's interest almost to, to, to pour some cold water on it, it and, be, and sort yeah. of say look you know yeah. We're not we're not in for them at any price here, you know. Like we're not we're not going to spend 150 million on 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 a on midfielder, you know. I I had my doubts about the price because because of the position he played. But to be honest, I mean, it feels a bit like yeah, he's not a midfielder really. He's just a bit of every. He's like a sort of a just a he can score, a your, he can score your goals. Nature. Yeah, yeah. He's like you know he's he's a he's a sort of he's everything that you want him to be really. You know, he can he can he can change a lot of aspects of your team. So maybe that's those doubts were were, were, were you know wrongly placed. Um, I, I think so. I, I, look, Liverpool, it's been a while, I think. I'm trying to think of a player that Liverpool have sort of... We've, we we got used to it under the, in the Rodgers era a little bit where it was like, mm, we couldn't we couldn't get that one done because of it was the, the price went too high or whatever. You know, I think of Alex Teixeira, I think was one that I can, I can think of. That was actually Klopp, wasn't it? Um, but 
it's been a while, I think, since you've you've heard the story that Liverpool have sort of looked at a player and gone, no, we're not paying that for him. You know, it tends tends to be quite. Look, we identify the player and then we'll sort the we'll sort the price out. And you look at Nunes, Diaz, uh, Jota, Thiago, um, Canate in recent recent seasons. You know, it's it's generally sort of it's generally just got done. And Liverpool, you know, there was never there was no sort of. Um, I don't recall Liverpool ever saying, "Oh, you know, we might we might go for someone else instead of Darwin Nunes." You know, like we're not we're not just all in on on Darwin. You know, it was almost like, "Yeah, we want Darwin Nunes." Right there, we go, and we signed him within within yeah. a week. Thiago was signed, posted a long time ago. I don't ever remember them being a sort of a, a backup plan to Thiago. You know, leaked into the media to sort of say, "Oh, don't don't get your hopes up on Thiago. Don't don't please please don't think we're just signing him." And I think the fact that nothing at all is coming suggests a how sensitive and big the deal is. But I think also that there is a some, there is a bit of confidence at Liverpool that it is going to happen because I think Liverpool, certainly in the past, would have been in a position where they'd be saying, "Whoa, like let's just calm this Bellingham train down because we're going to look stupid if he ends up going to yeah. Real Madrid." Like you know, we don't we don't want to sort of make it look like, "Oh wow," you know. I can remember, you know, I won't name any names. I remember the player was Willian. And I can remember Liverpool sort of really thinking they were getting Willian, and then sort of it becoming a little bit on when he went to he obviously went to go to Tottenham first, then he ended up going to Chelsea. And there was a little bit of like a well, what, where's all this excitement from about Willian come from? You know, we were we were never we were never in for Willian. He's like, yes, you, you you were, and you just felt you looked a bit stupid because he did he did pick somewhere else. I don't I don't see that happening as often. Certainly, you know, I can't I can't recall too many examples to be honest of it recently. Obviously, we know that Chiumani. Was one that they, they fancied last summer, and it's interesting, isn't it, to, to wonder whether would they have had both? Would they have would they have would they have tried to sign Bellingham as well as Chiumani as Real Madrid potentially are doing? That is an interesting point. I think he looks another <laughs> looks another star, star doesn't <laughs> he? You know, just a really stylish player as well. You know, really really good to watch. Um, but there was never again. It was that didn't ever feel like it was about price that felt like it was about him going to Real Madrid and I think he said it himself I've been the reverse Bellingham where it doesn't matter I just want to play for him I've got my heart I've got my heart exactly yeah and I think I get just just to fit I mean let's finish on the positive I do think I'm not saying it's a a, a sort of a a vital thing but I do think it's significant enough I do think Liverpool would have at least tried to sort of temper because they know what's going on, they, they know what the, the players are doing with with, with the pitches. You know, yeah, you, can imagine, cool, you can imagine. Well, you can imagine a press officer or something, or you know, one of the, the sporting directors saying, oh, "Jordan, please, mate. Like, you know, you're making my just life go for, just go for a walk, yeah, yeah. Off Insta. Go with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you'd hope so anyway. You, you, you uh, listen. I'm. I think it's an. I think. The overriding feeling on Bellingham at the moment is a lot more encouraging in recent weeks or yeah. recent days. There you have it, some hot Jude Bellingham transfer talk. I'm sure that's what you were all looking for. Maybe that's what you searched for to find this podcast. Well, if you want to listen to any of the shows that you've just heard clips from, very, very simple. If you head on over to redmenplus.com and sign up today, all those shows are available as podcasts. They're also available as videos if you want to watch them on the website. But yeah, if you're just a podcast listener and you want to get those shows in your ears directly into your native podcasting app, we can provide that service for you too over at redmenplus.com. If you're listening to this very very show on Spotify and you just want to listen to all your podcasts on Spotify, that is 
brilliant good for you you can do that as well if you search for red men plus podcasts on spotify you can find us on there and you can pay them directly you can don't have to come through us don't have to go to the website you can pay spotify directly and just like everyone else gets you'll get the podcast directly into your spotify feed so yeah you've got redmenplus.com or you've got redmen plus podcast on spotify either way we have got you covered come back next week for another red men weekly see you later everyone Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.